Life Talk Radio presents Health and Longevity, the program dedicated to bringing you cutting-edge information and interviews that can change your life. On each edition, nutritionist, registered dietitian, and board-certified anti-aging health practitioner, Dr. John Westerdahl, will show you how to achieve a longer, healthier life using the latest breakthroughs in nutrition, wellness, and lifestyle medicine. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Westerdahl. Welcome to Health and Longevity. I'm Dr. John Westerdahl. On today's program, we will talk with Dr. Neil Barnard, president and founder of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C. Dr. Barnard is one of America's leading advocates for good nutrition. He will tell us about a powerful three-week diet, the 21-Day Kickstart, which has helped more than 150,000 people slim down and transform their health and eating habits. But before we get into today's exciting topic, let's hear the latest research and news affecting our health and longevity today. Dr. Westerdahl presents the Health and Longevity News and Research Update, bringing you the most pertinent and important information about your health and longevity. Well, here's a study that says that vegans and vegetarians are at lower risk of cataracts. Now, a cataract is a clouding of the lens in the eye that leads to vision loss. Cataracts are common in older people, and more than half of 80-year-olds in the United States either have a cataract or have had cataract surgery, and our age-related cataracts are responsible for almost half of blindness worldwide. Vegetarians may be at lower risk of developing cataracts because their diets are higher in antioxidants like vitamins A and C and lutein, all of which have been associated with a lower risk of cataracts. Now, British researchers studied more than 27,000 people over age 40 and found a strong relationship between diet and cataract risk. Compared to people eating more than three ounces of meat a day, vegans had a 40% lower risk of developing cataract, and vegetarians who ate dairy and or eggs had a 30% reduced risk, and fish eaters had a 20% lower risk. While the researchers suspect that differences in nutrients among the groups led to the differences in risk of cataracts, additional research is needed to find out which factors in a vegetarian or vegan diet reduce risk of cataracts. And this was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Here's another study that shows that vegetarian diet offers benefits for type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes, the most common kind of diabetes, affects more than 8% of Americans. It is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States and is a major cause of heart disease and stroke. Risk factors include obesity and physical inactivity. Since vegetarians are less likely to have type 2 diabetes than people eating the conventional diet, researchers wondered what would happen if people with type 2 diabetes switched to a vegetarian diet. To study this, 74 people with type 2 diabetes were randomly assigned to either a vegetarian diet or a conventional diabetic diet for six months. The vegetarian diet was a near-vegan diet with animal products limited to one portion of low-fat yogurt daily. Both diets provided approximately 500 fewer calories per day than the subjects were estimated to need. 
For at least three months of the study, subjects were placed on an individualized exercise program. More than 40% of subjects eating a vegetarian diet were able to reduce their diabetes medication compared to 5% of those eating a conventional diabetic diet. The vegetarian group lost more weight and body fat, had a greater decrease in waist circumference and LDL or the bad type of cholesterol, and they reported a greater increase in quality of life. The results of this study suggest that vegetarian diets emphasizing beans, grains, fruits, vegetables, and nuts, along with reduced calories and increased physical activity, are helpful and should be promoted for people with type 2 diabetes. Now, of course, people with type 2 diabetes should consult their health care provider before making dietary changes. We'll be back with more right after this quick break. Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and longer fulfilled life? Then visit us at healthandlongevityradio.com. That's one word healthandlongevityradio.com. There you'll find valuable information and resources that can help you achieve optimal health and give you the secrets to longevity. Visit us today at healthandlongevityradio.com. Once again, that's healthandlongevityradio.com. It could change your life. Welcome back to Health and Longevity. Do you have questions about nutrition, health, or longevity? This is your chance to have them answered. On each program, Dr. Westerdahl will choose a key question from our listening audience and respond to it on the air. Due to the high volume of emails, Dr. Westerdahl cannot personally answer each question on our broadcast. If you would like to submit a question, please go to our website, healthandlongevityradio.com. Once there, you will see a button to submit your questions. And now, the question of the day. Now, our question for today is What is the difference between insoluble and soluble fiber? Is it true that soluble fiber protects against heart disease? Now, soluble fiber actually forms a gel when mixed with liquid, while insoluble fiber does not. Insoluble fiber passes through the digestive tract largely intact, and both types of fiber are important in the diet and provide benefits to the digestive system. By helping to maintain regularity. Now, soluble fiber has been scientifically proven to reduce blood cholesterol, which may help reduce the risk of heart disease. In fact, the Food and Drug Administration has authorized food companies to use a health claim for soluble fiber from both psyllium and from oats. This allows consumers to know that soluble fiber from foods containing psyllium and oats as part of a diet low in saturated fat and cholesterol may reduce the risk of heart disease. Now, other foods that are high in soluble fiber include peas, beans, and certain fruits, such as apples. And now, Health and Longevity's special feature, where Dr. Westerdahl interviews leading experts and personalities on vital topics important to your health and longevity. Our special guest is Dr. Neil Barnard, MD. Dr. Barnard is the founder and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C., a nonprofit organization of doctors and laypersons that promotes preventive medicine, especially good nutrition. 
Dr. Bernard is an adjunct professor of medicine at George Washington University, and he has written a new book, The 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart, that shows dieters how to drop pounds, lower cholesterol and blood pressure, improve blood sugar, and eliminate pain, and also improve overall health. Well, Dr. Barnard, thank you for being with us today. Oh, great to be with you, John. Thank you so much for including me. Well, we're privileged to have you on the program, and I admire the work that you're doing there at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. And I'd like to ask you, first of all, how, what really inspired you to write this 21-day weight loss kickstart? Well, it actually began with our online program, where we have had this online kickstart program where every day for three weeks, you get an email that says, let's improve our diets, and it includes embedded cooking instruction and so forth, and we're continuing that. But I found that many people needed more, and also the online kickstart is only certain times of the year. So I wrote this book, The 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart, to give people more recipes, more details, more encouragement, and, and something that they could use really any time and then keep with, keep with them into the future. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's accomplished that purpose. And now, in the book, uh, you talk about a recent weight loss intervention that you did. It's a study that you did with Geico, the insurance company that a lot of people have heard about. And I know that the headquarters is right by your, where your office is. And tell us about how, how that study got about and what did you learn from it? Yeah, the Geico national headquarters is right near my office. They've got 2,500 people all working under the same roof. And, and they're self-insured, so anytime anybody there needs medication or something, Geico pays for it. So we did two things. We, we introduced in the company cafeteria healthy foods. And when I say healthy foods, I mean we took out the meat and the cheese and the dairy products and eggs. So although they have bacon and eggs for breakfast, we instituted an oatmeal bar um, with cinnamon and raisins and sliced bananas and that kind of thing. And for lunch, they may have the cheeseburgers and so forth, but they also now have veggie burgers and portobello sandwiches and a salad bar and plenty of good choices. And so the employees who wanted to try this out could have the healthy foods there right where they work. And we had a once-a-week discussion section uh, session for them with cooking classes. And, and the average person uh, lost about 11 pounds in the course of the program, which is a couple of months. And their cholesterol has improved. And if they had diabetes, that improved. And so now we've expanded it to 10 GEICO sites. And uh, I'm really hoping that any company will recognize that the people who work for you are there all day long. If you're going to help people to quit smoking, follow a healthy diet, take care of themselves right at work, then you can make a huge difference in people's lives. And I think that message is really getting out there really effectively. So this has actually, in essence, become part of their employee wellness program. Yeah, and really every company should do exactly that. You know, companies, a few years ago, almost every company started having a non-smoking environment. And so for anybody who was waffling about quitting, well, that's exactly what you need because you can't smoke at work anymore, you know, unless you stand outside and you know, feel silly. So it, it really helped people to get healthy. Well, if you're not serving healthy food at work, your employees are going to have a hard time. But if you do serve them and you give people the education and encouragement they need, you've got a healthier workforce. That means a cheaper workforce for you when it comes to medical costs and less absenteeism and everything gets better. 
Now, this is an all-plant-based diet that you had them on, and I know you're a leading advocate of an all-plant-based diet, actually a vegan type of diet, a vegetarian diet. And, of course, that's been in the news quite a bit lately, and a lot of people are familiar with former President Bill Clinton and his success with a plant-based diet, uh, which really garnered national attention. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of success stories that's in your 21-day weight loss uh, kickstart book as well. Can you share some of those with us? Oh, we get them all the time. Um, I'll just mention a couple of real quick ones. Sure. Uh, there was a man named Vance who uh, was a Washington, D.C. policeman. His, his father was dead by age 30, and I think Vance was 31 when he got his diabetes diagnosis. He's quite overweight, but he went on this program, um, and he stuck with it, you know, um, he, he just he decided this is the way to do it. And he, over a year's time, he lost 60 pounds. His diabetes effectively went away. Um, and I was asking his permission to tell his story. He said, make sure you tell people my erectile dysfunction has gone too. Ah. So um, we had a woman named Nancy. Similar story. She lost about 40 pounds. Her diabetes improved so much she stopped her medication. She had had rheumatoid arthritis pains in her hands that disappeared completely. Um, I was just talking the other day with a man in Canada who lost, a hundred and some pounds, and when, when you see people lose a little weight, that's great. When you, when you see people lose massive amounts of weight, it's wonderful, and they'll, they'll say, wait, I, I, I'm not starving. I'm not even necessarily exercising more than before, but what I'm doing is I'm eating healthy foods. The, 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 the foods that we talk about are vegetables, fruits, whole grains, beans, and when people do that and they get away from the meat and the dairy products and the eggs, they keep the oils to a minimum. It just changes our body. It, uh, it's really a life-changing experience. You know, some people have a real tough time uh, breaking bad habits, and you offer some great tips to help people revamp their diets and, and their addictions to unhealthy foods. What's really the best way to get started? I break it into two steps. The first step is you don't change your diet yet. Just look for foods that you might actually enjoy eating, but that happen to not have animal products in them. So for breakfast, in fact, I'll take a sheet of paper, I'll write breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Mm. And my job is to fill in things under each heading that I actually enjoy eating. So breakfast, uh, oatmeal, well, that tastes like wallpaper paste. So I'll put cinnamon on it and raisins and I'll put some strawberries on it, make it good. Uh, Blueberry pancakes. Again, the job is just what do I like to eat that doesn't have animal products? So for lunch, I like chili, but if it's not meat chili, I'll have bean chili or chunky vegetable chili. If I'm having spaghetti for dinner, instead of the meat sauce, I'll top it with chunky tomatoes and seared oyster mushrooms or you know, whatever works for you. Then the second step is once you know what you actually like that happens to not have animal products, then have those foods for three weeks, all vegan all the time for three weeks. But that short time frame makes it approachable. And by the end of that time, your tastes have adapted. You've lost weight. It, it just is is so much easier at that point. So when I break it into these steps, I've never found anybody who couldn't do that. Now, what are some common problem foods or triggers for most people, and and what foods uh, should we limit or avoid? Well, we get away from the meats, and I think most everybody has learned that meat contributes to heart disease, and and the less of it you eat, the better off you're going to be. But the dairy and eggs we take out, out as well, and this is not just because they have cholesterol, but the proteins in these foods often trigger the arthritis pain or mm. trigger migraine headaches. So you want to get away from them for those reasons as well. Um, I find that a lot of people feel sort of hooked on cheese in particular. You say, wait a minute, it's 70% fat. You know, why, why are we hooked on it? Um, 
But what we do discover is that when people get away from these foods for even a short period of time, they feel so much better, they want to keep going. How much uh, uh, weight do people typically lose after they finish the Kickstart program, and, and what are some of the health benefits that you're seeing in people that are going through it? Okay, well, keep in mind, the Kickstart program isn't designed to, if, you've, if you're 80 pounds overweight, you're not going to lose 80 pounds in three weeks. What we are going to do in three weeks' time is learn the healthy habits that will get us to our goal and unlearn the things that are keeping us stuck. So if a person on the Kickstart program loses, five pounds, six pounds, seven pounds, eight pounds, whatever they lose during those three weeks. That's just the beginning. And then what they discover is their tastes have changed, they've learned about healthy foods, and then the rest of the weight just keeps coming off as time goes on. Now, there are other health benefits, though. As as you mentioned, diabetes starts improving very often within the first three weeks. High blood pressure comes down. We're talking about arthritis. I can't tell you how many people I've seen whether arthritis improves or just goes away, headaches often disappear. And overall, people's energy just, just gets better than, than it was before. But I have to say one of my favorite things is your palate, your, your familiarity with foods just starts expanding. When I was a kid growing up in North Dakota, we, we didn't eat anything. <laughs> it was very exciting. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't beef. It was pork chops. And, wow. and now the foods that I eat are so much more... Um, really so much more exciting than, than what I grew up with. Now, when did you make that change to uh, go on an all-plant-based diet? Uh, how long ago was that? Well, when I was in medical school, I threw out the meat. And then after I finished residency, I threw out the dairy products and eggs, too. And now, so, what, mo- what, what motivated you to do that? I mean, what got your interest to uh, make that big change? The year before I went to medical school, I had a job helping out at autopsies. Ah. And we had a, I remember one time a man died in the hospital where I was working. Uh, he had a massive heart attack, which probably from eating hospital food. But anyway, um, <laughs> to examine the heart, you have to remove a big chunk of ribs off the chest. So you just cut the ribs free and put the ribs on the table. We examined the heart, which is filled with atherosclerosis. And at the end of the exam, I put the ribs back in the chest and sewed up the skin. And then I went up to the cafeteria, and they were serving ribs for lunch. <laughs> so the smell of it and the look of it was just like the dead body, I have to say. And Within about a year, I just decided that meat was not something I wanted on my plate anymore. You know, you mentioned something about rheumatoid arthritis, or, or arthritis, but um, and I know you've written a book. Uh, well, there's one chapter in this new book uh, that outlines uh, foods that fight pain, and you've written a book on that topic before. Tell us a little bit about how diet is linked to rheumatoid arthritis and chronic pain. You know, this is one of the most exciting things because I have to say so many people are in pain. Their joints hurt. And when you look at the medications that they take for this, whether it's ibuprofen or uh, it could be methotrexate or steroids, the side effects in so many cases are really troubling. Um, the cause of it in so many cases is diet. Uh, the most common trigger for arthritis pain is dairy products. And what happens is the protein in the dairy causes the body to make antibodies. And those antibodies are there because it recognizes the dairy protein as if it's a foreign protein, which, of course, it is. And then those antibodies then attack the synovial membrane of the joint, causing the pain. So the answer is to take the trigger out of the diet. Most people go their whole lives never having even a week without dairy products, so we take it out. But dairy is not the only trigger. I mean, it could be eggs. It could be citrus fruits or uh, tomatoes or meat or whatever. Uh, There are about a dozen common triggers. We take them out of the diet. When a person improves, we put them back one at a time 
to see which one triggers the pain. And, and when you find it and you eliminate that food, it's, it really is a blessing. And I know we've had experience with that. Uh, Dr. John McDougall and I did a clinical study that was published several years ago where we put rheumatoid arthritis patients on an uh, all-vegan diet, actually, for uh, a month. And uh, the majority of them, uh, by far, had uh, significant improvements in their arthritis symptoms. So yeah, it, it's, it's terrific to see. And when, when a person has their pain go away, they, just, they don't want to let that diet go for anything because they feel better than they felt in years. That's right. Now, you've done a lot of work uh, in diabetes research, and what are some of the changes uh, that you've seen that actually can help fight, as, as well as that now we know, can reverse type 2 diabetes? And this is very exciting. It, it really is. Um, when I was in, in medical school, we were, taught, we were taught that diabetes was a one-way street. Once you had it, you've always got it. It's never going to go away. Well, in 2003, the NIH gave us a, a grant to test a plant-based diet for type 2 diabetes. And it's based on a completely different theory of the disease, where the problem in type 2 diabetes, we believe, is the buildup of fat inside the cells of the body, that's, and that blocks glucose from being able to get into the cell. As you know, in, in diabetes, there's too much sugar in the blood, and that sugar is glucose, and it, the glucose is supposed to be getting into the muscle cells to power them, but it can't get in because the insulin key that opens the door to the cell is not working because there's so much fat in the cell. So with a vegan diet, there's no animal fat at all in the diet. We keep the oils very low. The fat, we believe, is draining out of the cells, and that reverses the disease process. So if I get to you early enough, that disease can just disappear in some cases. And in other cases, it just improves a lot. But, but it gives us so much more optimism because we have more powerful tools than we ever had before to fight this disease. Now, you know, a lot of people are on the run today, and they uh, just don't have time to make meals and so forth. Uh, what are some of the healthy meal options that you recommend for people that are on the go all the time? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Um, the, the first thing that I always encourage people to do is to, to think international. If steakhouses are all you know, your options are so limited. So let's take something simple like an Italian meal. An Italian meal could start with a salad and maybe a lentil soup or pasta fagiole or minestrone. That happens to be vegan. You may not think of it that way. When you top your spaghetti um, with, with plant-based choices, you're going to be perfectly fine. Um, if you go Chinese or if you go Japanese or you go Mexican, beans and rice and um, tortillas and all of these things are completely plant-based, but we tend not to think of it that way, but we have such good choices. If you're at a submarine sandwich shop, a lot of people, they have just a minute, they go into a sub place and they, they get the meaty, cheesy choices. Don't do that. Have them uh, open up a whole grain bread. They'll put lettuce, tomatoes, spinach, cucumbers, olives, pickles, hot peppers, whatever you want to. They'll put red wine vinegar on top and then they'll toast it for you. It's delicious, but it happens to be healthy. If you're at the taco place, instead of the meat taco dripping with cheese, have the bean burrito hold the cheese. Healthy choices. Those are healthier choices for you. Okay. Well, your book is The 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart. talks about boosting metabolism, lowering cholesterol, dramatically improve your health. And you have a lot of uh, recipes in there. And actually, you have the whole 21-day menu all planned out for everyone, don't you? Yeah, we do. We try to make it easy for people. There are a lot of choices. And a uh, word about the recipes. Um, Jason Wyrick is a terrific chef in Phoenix. And I worked with him to make recipes that were simple and easy and tasty, and we get a lot of compliments from them, and, and that's because of Jason's work. 
Now, uh, kind of in closing here, Dr. Barnard, uh, a lot of people may not be familiar with the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Tell us about your organization, its mission, and some of the things you're doing and how people can get, oh boy, you have a lot of resources on your website and so forth, and actually learn more about PCRM. Sure, thank you. The website is pcrm.org. We promote preventive medicine, good nutrition. We promote ethical research. And uh, we, we developed the Kickstart program to really help people to change their, their lives. So I hope, I hope that people will join us, and I hope they'll take a look at the resources that we have and, and also perhaps want to get involved with, with even the efforts that we make to get Congress to wake up to promoting good health as well. So there, there are many fronts of work to, to be done, and I hope people will join us to do it. And you're doing a great work in trying to educate physicians more about nutrition. What's it going to take before the physicians get on board with the, the, and recognize that diet is really the real medicine? Well, As Hippocrates said, you know, many years ago. Yeah, well, it's already starting. We have 10,000 doctors who belong to our group, and there are so many, many other terrific doctors um, who have who jumped in. John McDougall, obviously, Dean Ornish, Caldwell Esselstyn, and many others are, are really changing things so quickly and, and other people like Hans Deal and others are doing the research and getting the word out. So I, I think that I think we're winning this this effort um, more than we ever have before. We do have a website for medical professionals called Nutrition CME. That CME is continuing medical education. So nutritioncme.org gives them the the extra courses they need to maintain their licensure. Well, that's great. And you have a program for cancer patients, too, the Cancer Project. Right. Uh, the Cancer Project, you can go to its own website, cancerproject.org. We have instructors around the country. We have books and videotapes and lots of information for people who say, all right, how do I really fight this thing? How do I do it? And, and we want to give you the information about putting foods to work. And once again, the book is The 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart, uh, published by Grand Central LNS Life and Style, and it's a great book. I highly recommend it for anyone that wants to get on that program. A great book to get started. In just 21 days, you could really make big changes in your life. Well, thank you, Dr. Bernard, for being with us today, and keep up the great work at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, and we're thank you for being on the program today. Well, thank you, John. Great talking to you. Thank you. And I want to mention again that Dr. Bernard is the president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, and that organization has some tremendous resources that you will find very helpful to learn about good health and nutrition. Go to their website at www.pcrm.org. They have a wealth of information about nutrition, health, they have recipes, they have medical reports, health reports, a lot of great information that you will find helpful if you are trying to achieve optimal health and longevity. They also have programs on what they call the Cancer Project. They have information on diabetes, healthy school lunches, strong bones to prevent osteoporosis, and many other key information that you'll find at pcrm.org. And again, Dr. Bernard's book, The 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart, is available in bookstores nationally, and you can also obtain it at our website at healthandlongevityradio.com. We'll be back with a final word right after this short message. To learn more about the books written by our guests and books written or recommended by Dr. Westerdahl in this program, please visit our website at healthandlongevityradio.com. There you can learn how to obtain your copy of these valuable and informative books. Search each page for yourself and see how you can live a happier, healthier, and longer life. 
Visit us today at healthandlongevityradio.com. Once again, that's healthandlongevityradio.com. That's all for this week. Until our next broadcast, this is Dr. John Westerdahl wishing you the best of health and longevity. This has been Health and Longevity with Dr. John Westerdahl, a production of Life Talk Radio. Join us again next week on the same station and time for Health and Longevity. The preceding information on this program has been general information about your health and is not to be taken as professional medical advice, nor is it intended to serve as a substitute for medical attention. Do not change your diet or exercise habits without guidance from your medical doctor, especially if you have health problems or are on medication. Do not change your medications without the advice and supervision of your medical doctor. If you have a medical condition, we encourage you to seek the consultation of a medical doctor experienced in dietary change and lifestyle medicine. And as always, we wish you the best of health.